our entire team had to shut down on a dime and we still managed to have the highest grossing month of the entire year. Listen up because this is a very important story. Stay tuned. I'm Andrea Maxim, and this is the Profitable Practice Podcast made for practitioners who are ready to build a six-figure practice with a million-dollar impact that also lets you close your laptop and be present with your family anytime you want to. Together, we will challenge the antiquated ways of running a practice, we'll merge our brick and mortar online, and build, systemize, and grow as maximized practitioners. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. And this was the one that I promised about a month ago, based on all of the things that went down at the end of 2020. So at this point in November, we had just started to onboard our new hire, our uh, new employee to take over the Oakville practice. And the plan was come January 1st, I was going to step away from doing all in-office consultations and just allow my team to start managing the schedule. So everything was going great in November. It wasn't a super busy month. Um, and I think the universe provided that to us. Caledonia was great. Oakville was quieter, but I was also training someone. So I think, well, I know the universe is always watching out for me and always making sure that I don't bite off more than I can chew. But around the weekend leading into December 1st week, Jackie started developing symptoms. She started developing um, some fever symptoms, a really bad cold, and called in sick that week. We were seeing patients on the Monday and the Thursday, and it was sort of getting to that point where it was starting to ramp up, December being the end of the year, uh, this is when we have our busiest revenue generating year because everyone is trying to use up all of their benefits before they refresh in January. So I was like, okay, okay, yeah, obviously don't come in if you're not feeling well, especially with what's going on right now. Everyone is so super sensitive. And by the end of that week, we found out that she was positive for COVID I then got tested the next day because I had developed a mild head cold and started to shift all of my patients to virtual anyway for the same reasons, just being very sensitive to um, the climate and even a sniffle or a cough, people tend to get their back up. So Thursday, I went and got the test done and you can imagine if you've had it done, it is, you know what I'm talking about. I I heard, okay, nose swab, cool, it's uncomfortable, got it, but I had heard of kids getting it done without problems, so I really had no idea what to expect. I show up to the testing center Thursday morning and get it done, and I couldn't believe how uncomfortable it was. Like, they are just ramming this plastic, basically sweeper stick up your nose and rotating it multiple times, Um, and yeah, it took me probably like five minutes afterwards to kind of recover anyways. So from that point on, they give you an app that you can be tracking the um, COVID results from. So I downloaded the app and like anybody else, 
you frantically start refreshing that app like every hour for that first day. And then come Saturday morning, I still hadn't received any results. Now, Saturday was a fully booked day on the calendar. Like we had easily a thousand to $2,000 worth of revenue booked on that day. I had toyed with the idea of going in anyway, despite that I was still feeling sick, knowing that that wasn't the right decision. And I still hadn't received my results yet. So I wasn't sure we weren't going to reschedule anybody until I knew exactly what the game plan was. A lot of them were B12s, immune supports that needed to come into the office. Come 8.05 a.m., I get, I refresh the app and there it is in big, bold, red letters, positive. So this is when the, you know, bleep storm starts just to not get this podcast be explicit. Um, and my heart just sank. I kind of figured that that's what was going to happen just based on everything that had gone on that previous week. And then you go into like total crisis mode, right? So I had that result. Of course, we rebooked everybody to the following Saturday. Everyone was more than happy to reschedule. And I hope that other people have noticed this too. We just found, and and I'll talk about the rest of the story in a second, but we just found any time we needed to reschedule anybody for whatever reason, not necessarily disclosing the full reason why, everyone was so gracious and so open and so kind about it. Um, And a lot of people in the end really gave us tremendous positive feedback, just saying thank you so much for taking my health into consideration with you not feeling well and everything that's going on right now. Um, so that was amazing. That was like probably the, one of the best silver linings that came out of all of this. So anyways, we had this fully booked, like 20 people on the schedule that had to be moved. And we just opened up a Saturday that we wouldn't have otherwise been open and moved everybody there. So at this point in time, Jackie is the only one that's in quarantine and she's coming out of quarantine uh, the next Thursday. So then I had to let my entire Caledonia team know that I had tested positive. Unfortunately, we had just had our Christmas party for three days prior where we had done like an escape room and dinner. So they were essentially exposed or possibly exposed. So now... Not only did I have to shut down my my days that I had booked for the next 10 days, I had to let my entire team know that my test came back positive and they all had to self-isolate. So now Megan is out. So the Caledonia practice, all of the in-office appointments had to be rescheduled. Um, as many that we could, we turned virtual. The entire reception team just stayed home and quarantined for the next uh, 14 days. Our live blood analysts and contractors, they all had to stay home and quarantine. And so, and then of course my family. I had two girls that were going to school and they both had to stay home and self-isolate. My husband had to stay home and self-isolate. It, it just became such a massive spider web of crap so quickly. And the hardest part for me during all of this was the tremendous amount of guilt that I felt. And I don't think people have talked about this yet. 
the they just say like, yep, this person was positive for COVID or this is the story or this is what they're doing. But there is such a massive ripple effect that happens when you are the person that tests positive. So Jackie tested first. She had to let me know. And then she also exposed herself to other people and had to let them all know. Then I had to let all of these people know. It immediately affected the way our business was operating. And I just felt so dirty. And I felt like such a leper. And I felt like I was just completely halting everybody's lives that I had touched in that 72-hour period that I... I felt broken by the end of the weekend, rescheduling all of these people, emailing all these people. We didn't fully disclose why we were rescheduling them. We didn't think that that was necessary because the clinics were never exposed. Patients were never exposed. Luckily, the timing just worked out that way. After the Christmas party, nobody saw patients anyway. Um, So that was a huge positive because I worried about that tremendously if we had to now shut down the clinic and make the clinic be a possible exposure site. So we dodged that bullet, which was great. But I felt so utterly responsible for ruining people's lives. That's how I felt, for ruining people's lives for two weeks because, you know, I didn't think that there was anything big going on. I thought I just had a sinus cold. Those were the only symptoms that I had was I was congested. I had a headache because of the congestion, no fever, no loss of taste or smell, no lung issues, no shortness of breath issues. It was all just congestion in my head. So to me, I was just like, well, it is cold and flu season. So anyways, everything came to a grinding halt and that was when, and interestingly I found out about this, um, but that was when I started developing massive, massive hip pains to the point where I wasn't sleeping. So for three days I could not get comfortable, I could not sleep because my hip right down to um, where my hamstring inserts on the back of my legs were on fire. I had to take like sleeping pills just so I could get or basically be knocked out for at least four hours to feel somewhat rested. Um, Later, I found out that for women, when they carry a lot of emotional baggage or grief or whatever, they tend to carry it in their hips. So I found that interesting after the fact. Anyways, so, and the cortisol was like up. It was sky high, managing, figuring out where all these people were gonna go. Thank goodness for my team. And this is really the, the main story, the main takeaway of today's episode is with regards to solopreneurs, with regards to practitioners that everything revolves around you and your schedule, when life happens, if you do not create some sort of a backup plan or create some sort of a system that you can easily pivot to when you aren't able to come into the office, It is immediate revenue that is gone that hopefully you can recoup when you're able to come back. Now consider it to be your children get sick. Consider it to be a personal injury. Consider you needing to quarantine. That would be two weeks worth of revenue that you would lose. And I find this coming up on threads all the time where practitioners are asking like, what do I do? You know, um, I, I was injured or 
Um, my kids are really sick or I have to take care of my family member and I'm not able to come into the office. What do I do about this lost revenue? Because in a lot of cases, every dollar counts. And at the end of all of this, because December again, being one of our highest revenue generating months of the entire year, I refused to lose anything. So being the quick action taker that I am, we, we opened up that day that would have otherwise been closed, moved everybody to that day. Jackie's um, release from quarantine was staggered to mine and to the Caledonia team. So Jackie actually filled in one day in Caledonia and then took over for the two days that I wasn't able to come into Oakville and did all of those patient visits. Then I came out and I took over the following week in Caledonia while Jackie was doing Oakville. And then finally everybody was out. No one in the Caledonia team was positive or tested positive. So in the end, that was a huge sigh of relief. I felt so grateful for that, but I still harbored so, so much guilt. And basically by the end of it, I just had to tell Scott, like, here's my phone. I can't be answering calls from public health. I don't want to be responsible for making any more decisions until we are fully all out of quarantine because even my family symptoms were staggered by five days at a pop. So Scott started developing symptoms five days. So then his timer started um, two weeks after that. The girls developed symptoms um, five days after that. So then their uh, timer started two weeks after that time period. So it was just like, we were basically in COVID jail for like 20, 20 some odd days collectively. And during that time, I wasn't even able to recover because I wanted to serve all of these people on the schedule and not lose any of that revenue and keep things flowing as uh, regularly as humanly possible. I just switched as many people as I could to virtual and I was doing virtual consults from my home while like nursing this massive head cold. And again, everything worked out beautifully. I know we lost one initial patient visit and maybe like two 15 minute visits of the 50 visits that we had to reschedule and move around and shift around. It was just amazing. And by the end of December, we still grossed one of our highest grossing months of the entire year. It matched our um, OTIP campaign that we did for our teachers back in July and August. So we had a 40K month and um, I just would not have been able to have survived any of that if it wasn't for building a team. So the takeaway here again that I want you to reflect on is you don't need to necessarily hire a team. You don't necessarily need to have independent contractors in place, but you do need to be able to find a way to keep your patient flow as consistent as humanly possible if your in-office practice is not available. And we are still in a pandemic. Things are still shutting down. In our area, we're getting into more of an extreme lockdown for the next month, probably two months, because the numbers are continuing to go up. And if you don't have these items in place yet, I just don't know what you're waiting for. If you need to be making every single dollar humanly possible to keep your business afloat, keep your personal bills paid, and you haven't built out a system or a strategy that allows you to do that when you need to tap into it on a dime, then I, I just don't know what it is that you're waiting for. 
this entire shutdown period was a massive wake up call for everyone to say, look, you need to be merging your practice online. You need to be beefing up your systems. You need to be simplifying your um, business flow so that you can start to create the dream practice that you want. So you can start to leverage time freedom. So you can start to have all of these things that you want. And when life happens, because it always will, you need to be able to pivot and shift and still find ways of making that revenue. Even if it's creating a online program and launching that during your down period where you can still be making some passive income, whatever that is, If you haven't built it out yet, you really need to be thinking about it. And if this is something that me and my team can support you with, I would be more than happy to chat with you. We're going to be putting the game plan call link in the show notes. And I also encourage you to go check out our 60 minute virtual or video training on how to merge your practice online and the three biggest mistakes that most practitioners are making when they are trying to do more social selling, create more of that online presence and build things out virtually. And then our four steps that we took to create a perfectly balanced online and offline practice. So that link is also going to be in the show notes. So do not hesitate. Take this as an example that, you know, bleep, bleep, bleep does happen. And building out some sort of a backup plan is so essential. And using your resources will help you keep the patient flow good. Customer service is always the number one um, tenant that we have within our company. And therefore, keeping the revenues very consistent reach out to me. Don't do this alone. Let me pave that path that is going to work for you, your family, your business. And all you have to do is book that call. I look forward to chatting with you soon. I'm Andrea Maxim and I'm out. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe. So you are notified when a new episode is posted, leave a review and drop me a message on Instagram at Andrea Maxim ND as I love hearing from you. Just so you know, we also host the video version of most of our episodes on maximizedbusiness.ca. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.